even if it is just for bangers, everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. There's a lot of guys doing it. A lot of guys doing it. Welcome to Cruising It, the podcast where we watch and discuss all of Tom Cruise's films in chronological order. I'm your host, Donovan Bruce, and with me as always is Andrew Mount. You win one more game, you're going to be humping your fist for a long time. And Mason Kuzmich. Pool balls angrily clacking. On today's episode, we're discussing the Martin Scorsese film, The Color of Money, the story of a former pool hustler who takes a young prodigy under his wing to show him the art of hustling. What did you guys think? Like, like, uh, basically any Scorsese film, it was perfectly acceptable. Uh, hmm. uh well, I mean, come on, his movie's not, not, you know, at least acceptable. Don't turn this around on me. <laughs> uh, no, it was good. It was, uh, it was fun. Um, spoilers, money is green or used to be. That's all black and white, black and white numbers on a screen, folks. What? Sorry, this is no relevance to this. Continue. So, come on, come on. Yeah, it's all. <laughs> I, I just wanted to 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 let him <laughs> spiral for a little longer. Uh, no, uh, I was a really big fan of this movie actually. Um, at the beginning, and I actually have this in my notes, which I just realized I do not have pulled up in front of me. Um, I thought that I was going to hate this movie because it's about pool, and I fucking hate sports movies. And also, pool seems like a really boring sport, and I hate it. Um, I mean, it's like actually, half a step above golf, right? I don't, I don't even, I don't even want to rank. Oh, them. pool is so much more entertaining than golf. I just don't like sports movies usually. Uh, but this At least really pulls good. over quickly. Like the game's done in like five minutes. You don't have to sit through a whole round of golf. Well, Jesus, Donnie, really do you know how much you hated golf. the gentleman's sport? Do you not know that Mason and I play golf semi-professionally? That actually explains a lot. I, I don't. I, I will. I will never. I'm not that person. That explains why I hate you guys so much. I do play Putt Putt, though. Putt Putt's great. Yeah, so anyway, lots of great character work in this movie, so I was a fan of it. I feel like it was a very deep character movie most of the time. And the great thing about Pool is that Pool is like boring, and like you said, they didn't have to spend much time on it. They'd be like, let's spend five minutes out of every hour on the actual game of Pool <laughs> being played. It's like how you think Rocky's going to be like a sports movie, but it's really not. The sports well, is not that much of the movie. Well, yeah, I mean, this movie's not really about Pool. It's about hustling. It's about you right. know, the, the art of the art of you know hustling people out of their money. The pool's just the medium in which they do that. Right. Well, and the I mean, it does a good job of showing how pool. I mean, you're right. Not necessarily super exciting on its own, but kind of historically has been more about cheating people out of money anyway. Well, there you go. You heard it here first, folks. Yep. Yeah. Fuck pool. Because <laughs> pool starts with P and that rhymes with T and that's for trouble. It's just poor man's that was billiards. The backwards version of that song for all you music man heads out there. <laughs> Also important to point out, this is actually a sequel to an old Paul Newman movie in this, back in the 60s called The Hustler, where he plays the same character, uh, which none of us has seen, so we can't comment on it. So, yay. 10 out of 10. I hear it was good enough to warrant a sequel. Are you telling me that I can't comment on movies that I haven't seen? Yes. Okay. 
Well, all right, let's get into our discussion of The Color of Money. Eddie Felsen, played by Paul Newman, is a former pool hustler turned successful liquor salesman. One night, he meets Vincent Lauria, played by Tom Cruise, a young charismatic pool player and video gamer who plays small-time nine-ball games while working as a sales clerk at a toy store. Eddie, who still stakes bets for talented players like Julian, played by John Turturro, persuades Vincent and his girlfriend-slash-manager Carmen, played by Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, to go on the road where he can teach Vincent how to make much more money through hustling pool. Yeah, so just like right off the bat, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise's character, Vince, just seems really dumb. Earnest and sweet, but he has no idea what's going on or what he's doing. I mean, he's good at pool. Yeah. No, there he's, you go. That's all you need. He's good at pool and uh, what the video game Stalker or something. Yeah. Oh, Stalker is the game that he's designing. I think. Or no, no, no never mind. He he was good at it. I I got confused because he said that since he's good at Stalker, he was going to go to MIT, and so yeah. I, I originally thought that he designed that game. And I'm like, oh yeah, he's a video game designer. But then it turned out that he didn't design the game, and he's just really good at that video game. But that's where the smarts are. It's, and and to this day, uh, well, in West Point, I think, right? Yeah. It, uh, it, it was West Point, okay. which is even more ridiculous <laughs> because it shows us that Tom Cruise is a hashtag gamer and he thinks that being good at like Call of Duty or something is going to make him a high ranking military. Hey, so welcome to day. drone warfare, baby. I believe it. <laughs> and I mean, I don't think he's dumb necessarily. He's, no, he's, he's naive. I mean, he's he's got a lot of he's got a lot of skills like you, you see he's, he's a, actually a pretty good salesman when they show him at the toy store. And, you know, he mm-hmm. upsells those guys on that baby bouncer because of something about kangaroos or something like that. Yeah, kangaroos bounce. Yeah. Yeah, because that one was made in Australia, and Australians know bouncing. Of course they do. What would what, what, what they know about bouncing in Taiwan? I mean, hmm? I guess. Yeah, what what do have, they even know? They don't have kang- kangaroos. How do you know about bouncing if you don't know kangaroos? Oh, that is true. That is accurate Vers- versus the Sydney Institute of Bounce. You made that up. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So in this beginning part, I mean... You definitely get a feel for his character, and I, I don't know that he's dumb, but yeah. but I do agree. I don't know if this is the reading of the movie that I came away with, but a lot of this movie is about hustling, and I felt like the um, who's the main guy again? He's not Eddie Felson. William Hurt. Yeah. Okay. Paul no, Newman. Paul Newman. Uh, Paul Newman. Yeah. Eddie. Eddie. Paul is, he's got like a hustler spirit, and I feel like uh, uh, Vince's manager is kind of the same way. Yeah, Carmen. And girlfriend. so you kind of feel, you mm-hmm. kind of feel like Vince is like very just like easily manipulated and that <laughs> oh, a lot of the movie is these two people kind of playing him towards their ends oh yeah so well, he is very squishy like, like like one of the first scenes you get with him and paul newman uh paul newman's character fast eddie felson uh he's like he's talking to him about greatness across the table and about how greatness is what wins and gets you money and like you find out that whole spiel is is bullshit it's not greatness the game was rigged in paul newman's favor from the start of that conversation because he knew everything about the people who he was telling them about yeah so yeah like but vince doesn't catch that his girlfriend does yeah and so she's kind of his shield from some of the i guess the bullshit yeah i I feel like we see him playing the role as 
of the mark for a lot of this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, Even I mean, though it's not like a literal matchstick man, I right. was swindling you the whole time. I situation. mean, Carmen was kind of a hustler too. Yeah. You know, she says she met Vincent after helping rob his family's place yeah. and then kept Vincent's mother's necklace. And Vincent's just like, oh, hey, my mom has one just like that. Which, oh man, I missed that line. She, he really yeah, legit yeah. thought that that was hers? Well, she determines it as he was being sweet. But I think what it really is is that Vincent is extremely naive. Yeah, Could I think be. there's definitely parts of that. I think, yeah. like she, Young, intelligent, and naive. Like she said, oh, he's really sweet. Like he was just pretending that that wasn't his mom's necklace and, or whatever. But I, I think he just, little, like, just based on his character, I don't think he realized. He's like, oh, hey, cool. My mom has a necklace just like that. Yeah, this chick who just stole from your house just so happens to have a necklace just like your mom's, which mysteriously went missing after that night. Yeah. Which is another interesting thing about this movie is that I've kind of felt like the movie was going to be about Tom Cruise's character, and I think in the end it really wasn't. Yeah, it's more about Fast Daddy, Felson. Yeah, yeah. They, they both kind of feel like secondary characters compared to him, whereas mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be about both of them, which, which you know, I guess it kind of is. But. This, this being a sequel to The Hustler, which is about Fast Daddy, Felson, it kind of makes sense as they continue to follow his character after he's older and kind of out of the game. Yeah, yeah, but I almost even, you know, thought it would be sort of like a passing of the torts short of... Mm-hmm sort of thing you know where it's like here's the younger one i'm gonna give it to you and it's not gonna be about me anymore but it was like uh indiana jones grabbing his hat from shia labeouf at the, at the end of the movie and being like nope <laughs> well <kind laughs> it's of. not about you kid bye yeah have fun with your shitty acting career oh shots fired wow <laughs> well uh Take that shia LaBeouf shia LaBeouf's never gonna come on listener <laughs> i don't think that's accurate could be you don't know i don't think we have any listeners actually don't worry don't worry he's been in (laughs) i will add shia labeouf on uh i'll add shia labeouf when we uh when we share this don't do that (laughs) i like fury he will legitimately listen to it he had a few good movies when he got into method acting but he hasn't been in very many movies since he did that because apparently he's really hard to work with ever since he got into method acting kind of like daniel day lewis I just feel like method acting is difficult to work with whoever it is. So unless everybody's method acting, which but doesn't then, happen. Uh, well, at that point, I feel like people are going to die. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I was playing with tape that was stuck to my leg, and I just found out it was a band aid, and I'm horrified. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, gross. Why is there a fucking band aid in here? I guess I someone know, took off a band aid. Edit that out, Doug. Uh, I'm leaving that out. Me, who is apparently also Doug, is leaving that You're in. not Doug. There's Doug is no that Doug. guy right there. You're pointing at an empty chair. He's crying because you're not acknowledging his worth as Shut a person. Up, right. <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> There is no Doug. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, what the fuck Man, was that? Let, you who, just hit Doug. Who let that fucking bird in here? <laughs> Sorry, Doug. Sorry they're making fun of you. All right, don't worry, guys. I got the bird out of the room. No more squawking. <laughs> well, all right. With Eddie staking their bets, Vincent visits a series of billiard halls while where Eddie tries to teach him the pool, that pool excellence is not about excellent pool. Although Carmen is a quick study, Vincent chafes at Eddie's scams, which routinely require him to play well below his abilities. Eventually, Fast Eddie picks up a cue himself and does well in several games, but is taken in by a pool shark named Amos, played by Force Whitaker. Uh, humiliated, Eddie leaves Vincent and Carmen with enough money to make it to the championships in Atlantic City. Jesus, they really condensed like the entire goddamn movie. Well, yeah, that was like two thirds of the movie in that paragraph. I mean, to be fair, it was a lot of repeated. No, I mean you're right. Kind of plot points. It's just a montage of pool games and Vincent not doing what Eddie told him to do. Big fan of Fast Eddie setting uh, setting Vince up to get his ass kicked. 
That was fun. Oh yeah, the first time when mm-hmm. he like walks out and doesn't give him the money. Yeah. Hey, what well, was the purpose of that? Well, okay. So so Vince was trying to uh, he he wanted to let the other guy win because he felt bad for whatever reason. Um, and then uh, Eddie's like, okay, sure. You 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 dump. Show me you can dump like a pro. And he then tells Carmen to go get the car, and he just goes upstairs to watch. Okay, so he just doesn't want to go. And I don't know. It's confusing to me because I feel like most of the movie he's fighting with Vince to try to get him to dump. Because like you have to, you have to lure people into thinking you're bad before you can hustle them in pool. Well, yes, but the problem here, and I think the lesson he's trying to teach Vince is that you don't dump because you feel bad for the person, right? You're not doing it to show them mercy or any kind of lenience or anything. When you dump, you're doing it to scam them. And if you're feeling this sympathy for this person, and you're not going to take them for all that you can okay yeah you kind of I, failed at what fail at your job i guess that makes sense um vince is doing it right now in the reverse order of what eddie wants he's like kicking the ass of the good pool players and then you know when he when it comes to like the actual marks he's sort of he's feeling bad about it and eddie wants to flip that yeah um so i think kind of early in the movie kind of what i latch on to is um this idea that uh, I guess it's the it's the the House of Cards speech that Frank makes about like you know there's a difference between money and power. There's like uh, if you're a pool player who's as talented as Tom Cruise, you can like use that to be a hustler and make a bunch of money, um, or you can be really good and people can think you're good and you can kind of have that status. Mm-hmm. And I feel like early on he's really taken with um, Eddie whenever Eddie is talking about you know, greatness and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Eddie gave him a balabushka. Yeah, exactly. A, a thing which requires no further explanation. <laughs> and it's gr- kind of it's kind of like a like a Russian grandmother. Continue. Oh, okay. It's it, it's a pool stick. It's Mason. a really nice pool It's a really uh, nice nice pool stick. Babushka. Yeah, but. It's, it's a babushka. So <laughs> um, but then his girlfriend is really uh, she's really interested every time that he's talking about money and how to get rich and how can we turn this into money. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they are flip sides of sort of the the conflict going on in Eddie's soul, which is between like do I want to sell out and just be a hustler and just like make a bunch of money swindling people out of money in pool or do I want to try to be a a good pool player. Like, which one of those things do I value more as a person? Yeah, well, and, like, the kind of the under underlying thread of the movie is, you know, Eddie relearning what it what it's like to actually want to be great at pool again through Vincent. Like, like you were talking about earlier, it's, you expect it to be, like, a passing of the torch, like, uh, Eddie teaching Vince how to do this, but it ends up being, it ends up that uh, Eddie actually learns something from Vince instead. And I, since I kind of glossed over it, I'll touch on a few of the important, you know, pool games. Like you have that that first one where he successfully, where they successfully hustle someone. The one where uh, Eddie and Carmen are pretending that they're a couple, mm-hmm. and like Eddie's like feeling up Carmen and is pissing off Tom Cruise, and they basically swindle the bartender into betting uh, Eddie a thousand dollars that Vincent will win the game, and then Vincent loses, so they win a thousand dollars, but. You know, Vincent and Eddie get into it after that because he thought he went a little too far with the uh, groping of Carmen. And yeah, you know. yeah, I wrote down here that uh, Vince is really uh, possessive and jealous and gross. Yeah. He also has a moment where he like gets mad because he didn't know where his girlfriend was for a few minutes or something. Well, okay, well, so that, was that because Eddie kind of put it into his head that Carmen was 
not interested or whatever. And then Eddie yeah. went over and said something to Carmen. Yeah. And I think he probably told her to kind of disappear or something like that. I don't know. They never really reveal what they say. And then she disappears and then like he's all freaking out and shit. Like, like oh, maybe he was right or whatever. And yeah. Because, so, so because another, he is simple and naive at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just another example of him kind of getting swindled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, then there's that other one where he's playing against... Uh, I think his name's like Grady or something like that. He's actually like yeah. a, like a really like a well-known pool player or whatever. And uh, basically, he's supposed to dump to this guy. And Grady says something like, "Oh, it's like a nightmare, right? Just keeps getting worse and worse." It basically pisses off Vincent. So then Vincent starts playing up to his full ability. That's where we got that quote from. Was he kept winning games? Like they kept coming, kind of going back and forth. And then Carmen finally goes over to him and says, "You know." If you win one more game, you're going to be humping your fist for a long time. And he's like, oh, okay, fuck. I was just saying that to you personally. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't remember hearing that in the movie. Oh, gotcha. Uh, and I think before that, like that first town they go to, he's really interested in playing Moselle, the, uh-huh. who's like the local like big shot at the pool hall. Yeah. And can, can we talk about how weird the whole Chalky sequence is just for a moment? Yeah, I think I wrote down here that uh, Vincent is really racist too. Uh, yeah, mm. no they they go into they go into this pool hall and uh, it is like like the only almost the only black characters that you see in the entire film are all in here aside from Amos later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's mostly black patrons in there other than Tom Cruise and. Right, and he immediately all Newman. There we <laughs> go. And he immediately gets freaked out about. Uh, about you know his girlfriend she's not safe in there and they're probably uh, a term that i've never heard before and really don't want to hear again but rape artists <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, he does. yeah there's rape artists i'm just afraid that you're gonna get raped for some reason girlfriend please leave oh weird i just looked around at the camera just panned across all these uh these black people and uh i feel uncomfortable for you yeah so uh, vince is racist for sure yes yeah, there you go well, anyways, what happens there is, you know, Fast Eddie wants him to not beat Moselle because that'll scare off another guy who's there who mm-hmm. comes in with like $6,000 in his pocket. And he's not, get, but he, he, Eddie says he doesn't play people that he knows he's going to lose because that's just giving away money. Right. So he wants him to kind of play the local guys and, you know, get that guy interested and then play him and swindle him and kind of leave Moselle alone. Mm-hmm. But Vincent instead leaves without telling any, telling Eddie and goes down and, beats moselle well but like the first time they go to the very first game he's playing there is against eddie Mm -hmm. and eddie's wanting him to lose to him yeah to kind of help set him up and start that whole thing off and Mm -hmm. vince just can't uh can't keep his ego down oh yeah that's the one where he's doing the cocky thing where he's like not looking at his shots like just stares eddie down and then hits the shot and uh stuff like that but Look, vince got that vince got that big dick energy uh, too much to control there you go waving that pool cue around but yeah but ba- basically babushka yes yeah. well basically like vincent's super excited because he beat moselle and he won 150 dollars off of him or whatever and then eddie gets all pissed off because he's like we could have made like ten thousand dollars here or whatever you yeah. know if you would have fucking listened to me or whatever uh, well not ten thousand this was in like the 80s they hadn't ever seen ten thousand dollars that ten thousand oh, dollars didn't exist that's not accurate yeah here let me just google how much ten thousand dollars was in the 80s we'll that sit we'll like sit, 20 million dollars we'll, yeah, wow. yeah it's a lot we'll sit here quietly <laughs> while uh andrew fake, no, fake googles and then comes up with a number a fake do, google do, do. <laughs> yeah no uh, that, that sounds right and this is 1990 so Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. not the eighty. Well, was, was the was the film set in nineteen ninety? Eighteen million dollars then. 
Once again, if they don't actually say when it's set, I just assume that it's when the movie was made, which was 1990. Fair. So. How come not a single person had frosted tips then? Answer me that. How come? Well, this we was didn't 1990, hear... not 1995. <laughs> oh, that's... How come not a single person had a shell necklace then? Or was wearing flannel. Yeah. Where's the flannel? This is like. Where's the, the flannel, Donnie? No, y'all yeah, are too early. You. Y'all are too early. <laughs> they weren't in Seattle. All right, fine. Where's the wild hair that's like out to fucking here? Tom Cruise's hair was pretty quaffed. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was extremely quaffed. But that could be an 80s haircut. It could be Who 50s. Knows? Well, maybe. <laughs> could be 1890s, for yeah, all so we know. This took place in the 1890s, for sure. Yeah. Well, anyways, Vincent kind of starts to pick up the hustling a little bit as they go along. And then the turning point is when... Eddie decides he's going to go play pool and he does pretty good for a while and then gets hustled by Amos, uh, Forrest Whitaker's character. Yeah, yeah. And is very upset about that uh-huh. because how the, how the hell could fast Eddie Felsen get hustled? Because he thinks of himself as a great pool player, yeah. but he spent so much time hustling that he kind of let his skills, uh, go to waste rust. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought they did a really good job in this portion of the film, just kind of gradually showing how, you know, for all that he lectures Vincent about losing control, you know, he is the one who gets pissed when they're playing pool and he's losing defense. Mm-hmm. And then he just also just completely misses the fact that he's getting hustled and gets totally taken by this guy for yeah. what seems to be a decent amount of money. Well, the thing is with this game against Amos is he could have walked away multiple times, but he just keeps getting pissed off that he lost. And he's like, double it, double it, double it. And he, and he, he does even, it several times. I think he ends yeah. up losing about four or $500 to him in that last Something game. Like that. Yeah. Um, and even identify it like, Hey, you a hustler? Like he called it out. Yeah. And then he played again. Yeah. Because he has a problem. People, gambling is an addiction. All right? PSA. Time for, you know, mid-pod PSA. I'm cutting this out. <laughs> Doug, cut this out. And his problem is... Doug is me. I mean, <laughs> no! No! <laughs> he does have a problem. And it's not that he's a gambling addict, right? But it's that he is... I don't know. He's pursuing the status side of this. He's got this guy, this Tom Cruise guy, who really likes him and is really talented, and they could use that to hustle and make lots of money, but he's kind of obsessed with this fact that he's not a great pool player, I feel like. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is supposed to be like a triumphant movie for him, or if you're just kind of supposed to feel like neither of them are really healthy, functioning people. I don't know if the movie's that deep. It's supposed to be Eddie. (laughs) It's supposed to be Eddie finding himself again. Martin Scorsese. (laughs) I think the movie has things to say. Yeah, it's supposed to be Eddie finding himself again, and finding his drive again, and like, I mean, because he even says it himself, right? Like when he was sitting at the at the bar, and he saw Vince, it like kind of ignited a fire in him to want to get back into this kind of thing. And like that was this whole conversation of you know, uh, money won is way sweeter than money earned, something something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but like at first, he kind of thinks of it as oh, he wants to get back into the hustling game, but. He just wants to get back into pool. He's addicted to pool. He's a he's a he's a pool head. A cue ball. That's interesting. I I, I had a slightly yeah good <laughs> good pool pun. <laughs> I had a slightly different take on it. Where like I felt like you know we were seeing his insecurity throughout the thing. You know not just that he you know isn't in the game or whatever, um, and that he has kind of this triumphant return to where he's actually you know trying to to play pool again, but. 
I don't know. He just has these moments. You know, he gets all pissy when Eddie beats it or when Vince beats him in pool. Mm-hmm. And he just has these moments where he's like playing weird power games with him and just being controlling. Like it's just almost seems like out of spite because he's just kind of hurt by the fact that and then he commits Vince a little bit of super creepy him. assault with, uh, with Carmen there. Yes. I mean that exact same kind of thing, right? Where he's like, he's being real gross towards Vince's girlfriend. And I, I don't know. It's just, it just feels like he has, like a worse motivation going on there that he's not just, I don't know, coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and then kind of see a good difference between Vincent and Carmen there when Eddie walks away. Cause Eddie basically gives them money to get to Atlantic city saying he has nothing left to teach them or whatever. And he's like, you know, he's like, you know, keep, the, keep the stick, take the money, you know, go do your own thing. And Vincent's upset that, you know, this guy he looks up to is leaving. So he, you know, throws the pool stick down the down the stairs and, and really, throws the money back to him. The babushka. Yeah, Balabushka. you should not you should not throw your babushka down the stairs. Balabushka. Why are you guys doing this? It's not even a funny bit. Y'all are ruining this podcast. Uh, listen, it'll I'm be turning funny you for all down. of our Russian I'm listeners. turning you both down. Anyways, and then Carmen, after he breaks the stairs and then runs off in his temper tantrum, Carmen runs and grabs the money because that's what's important to her. It's the money. Yeah, she's all about the money. She's yeah. a hustler, right? Yeah, there you go. So... But yeah, moving on. I had seen she gold digger. Hmm. Wearing new prescription eyeglasses, Eddie begins working out and practicing. He enters the nine ball tournament in Atlantic City and, after several victories, finds himself facing off against a more worldwide Vincent. He beats Vincent, but later, when he is celebrating with girlfriend Janelle, Vincent arrives and informs Eddie that he intentionally lost in order to collect on a bet. He gives Eddie $8,000 as his cut. During his semifinal match against Kennedy, Eddie sees his reflection on the cue ball and, disgruntled, chooses to forfeit the game. Out-hustled again, Eddie returns the money, saying that he wants to beat Vincent legitimately. The two set up a private match where Eddie informs Vincent that if he doesn't beat him now, he will in the future because I'm back. And freeze frame. Then credits. Hmm. Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we get this nice training montage of Eddie where he's swimming in the pool. Uh-huh. Yeah, to prepare then, for pool. And then playing pool. It's weird that he's swimming in the pool, right? How does that prepare him for pool? Because, because it's he's pool. pool. But that doesn't... But pool. those are different... Okay, <laughs> you keep saying that word, but the word pool, it means two different things in this case, right? No. Well, but he's swimming in the pool to train for pool. Yeah. Okay, right. But the second pool that you said there, that's the one where you have to... Like, what does swimming in water help you with pool? Well, it's really, a metaphor. really, to be good at pool, what, you have to spend time in the pool. What? What is it a metaphor for? Pool. For pool. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate you guys. <laughs> All right, so yeah, now he's good again. I don't know. I don't. I'm kind of. I don't know. I can't. I can't decide what I think the ending of this movie is all about because I just. I feel like. I feel like he's in a dark place, but then I feel like the last scene is just, it feels like a happy ending, Mm. but it it just doesn't fit with my reading of the rest of the movie. I mean, so at least the way, the way I was seeing it is, like I said before, it's kind of him finding that old passion again. Um, And that's kind of a theme with his, with his girlfriend in the movie too. But who I'd actually be again because I've never seen the original. I'm kind of curious to know if that was a character from the from the first movie. 
but like it kind of shows him, you know, wanting to get into the sport again and wanting to play again. And you like there may be a lot of reasons for it, not all of them necessarily good, but I don't know, that's him saying I don't know. I like pool. I want to play pool. I want to I be know, good at this. I know, but isn't that just such like that's that just seems less satisfying to me. If it, you know, it's hard to finish that sentence because you're just like it's just him liking pool. He well, likes I mean, pool. That's well, the point of the whole movie. Is no, he likes well, pool? He no, he likes the competition for it, and he likes the idea of trying to be legitimately the best. And I mean, yeah, he he he's happy when he thinks he beats Vincent, and then when he realizes that. Vince hustled him. I mean, uh, and again, I think this this might there might be more to this if we'd seen the original too. Like the, yeah, there might be so. a carrying over storyline here. There might be like a turnaround. Like, oh, this is what it's like to be hustled. This kind of sucks. This is not what I actually want. Yeah, like I just I just can't tell if it's you know I'm I'm trying to decide where it kind of falls for me. I, you know, I, I feel like there can be a commentary on both. Like obviously it seems like. Tom Cruise's character feels like he's kind of like sold out at the end. Mm-hmm. And even if he's happy with where he is, he could have been way better than the path that he's going on right. because he's like really talented and he might actually be better than all of those other pool players. Uh, but I can't tell if you're supposed to like feel great or if I personally do feel great about um, where Paul, Mi- Paul Newman's character is going. Cause it's like, you know, a, a lot of the elements of it, um, especially when he's just like being mean to Vince for no reason, kind of mm-hmm. remind me of Whiplash. Mm-hmm. You know, and it has kind of that similar idea, right? Is that you're like, I, I like drumming. I really love drumming, and I'm I'm drawn toward this idea of greatness. And you know, Whiplash is very much about how like there's a price to that, but maybe it's worth it. Um, but sure. I just can't tell if it's if it's worth it for for Eddie here. Mm-hmm. I actually really like the Atlantic City tournament because you get a lot of you get a lot of uh, people that they played on the road coming back in you get a you get a nice rematch between vincent and grady um and vince beats where, him and yeah where vince gets to throw his lines back at him uh-huh. and you know yeah you know, oh this is a nightmare isn't it? it just gets worse and worse and yeah it ends up beating grady and then i also really like that where um paul newman's first match against that one guy where the guy just keeps saying i didn't deserve that and then yeah, at the did. end at the end he's just like yeah you did and then just walks <laughs> off He's like, is this your first tournament? <laughs> just, oh. You know, just going back to being a prick a little bit. But I liked it. And then you get a... Like, that's the competitive edge. And you get Fast Eddie Felsen playing against Julian, uh, John Turturro, the coke fiend from the beginning of the movie. Oh, yeah. yeah the alleged coke fiend. We never see him do any of the... No, any of the right. we never, He's got some on his nose multiple times. We, we never see him doing any of, the, any of the booger sugar, so, you know... Hmm. Booger sugar? Did you come up with that right on the spot? No, no, okay. I stole that from someone. Okay, <laughs> like all that cocaine that you stole from me. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. Give it back. Yeah, no, no, no. Listen, I'm, I'll give it back to you. I'll give it back to you when I'm done. All right. Okay, I needed to write my 1980s horror novels. Uh, yeah, I've really written, good. But I've written really lots weird. of 1980s horror novels for you. They're really great, and there's always one weird sex thing in them. Oh, I'm just, we just lost all our Stephen King fans. <laughs> <laughs> Now that you said his name, shit. Look, we already lost Shia LaBeouf, okay? (laughs) I'm okay with that, though. Famous Stephen King fan. Hey, Shia LaBeouf, come on the podcast. I think we lost uh, a Sex and the City person. Who? And every football coach who listens to it, Jason Garrett. No no military listens to All of the military school (laughs) children who listen to our podcast. We're just pissing off everybody. 
Who's next, guys? Who, who are we going to ostracize next? Oh, hey, you know what we haven't pool players. You know what we haven't done. Uh, pool is garbage. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be like, what? What does he think? Just because I want to be good at pool, I have evil motivations. Well, yeah. I'm kind of turning around now. I feel like maybe this is supposed to be a happy ending for <laughs> for Eddie. <laughs> I know I, it's weird that I'm like focusing on this one point, but to be like the whole movie, the whole character arc turns on that. Well, and yeah, I, I think the whole character arc of the movie is like you see. You see Vince and Eddie switch essentially where their head's at. Because Vince starts out, you know, really wanting to just be the best pool player and Eddie starts starts out wanting him to be the best hustler. And Yeah. Eh. And maybe there's just something in there about him, you know, having gotten too uh content, you know, because mm-hmm. it's he sort of he like he has a bunch of money because he's like invested in Alcohol or something. Alcohol and hotels, I think, were part of the. Yeah. yeah. So Eddie's like very financially comfortable. He works in whiskey, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he just doesn't. He's just kind of gotten lazy, and he's just Mm -hmm. like, well, I make enough money doing all this stuff, so I don't have to actually try the thing that drives me competitively. Okay, Mm -hmm. you've convinced me. You've turned me around. Nice. He's back in it now. I'm back. He's back at it again with the white vans. Also, some of the best shots in the movie were during this uh, pool tournament. You know, I thought it was shot very well. The, it was, and they, they actually made pool compelling with a lot of the shots. I like watching pool. Yeah, wow. Fuck you, pool <laughs> players. They actually made your lame-ass sport entertaining to watch. I mean, it's, it's That's not That's only two-thirds of this podcast opinion. I like watching pool. Yeah. I well, mean, uh, <laughs> there are a lot of sports that, if you're just watching it moment by moment, aren't necessarily always the most exciting things. Baseball. Football. Yeah. Okay. NASCAR. driving. <laughs> Thank you for also going to NASCAR third. <laughs> Goodbye, all sports fans. No, and well, that's that's not necessarily a blanket criticism of these things. There are also things that Tennis. are very exciting about these. But that's why you know you Soccer. watch them in groups and you drink and it's a social Croquet. thing. Croquet. Horseshoes. What is that called? What's horseshoes called? Is it just it's called horseshoes? horseshoes. <laughs> Corn cob. Guys, why can I only think of four sports and then a bunch of lawn sports? Darts. Yeah, because, lawn, because lawn darts. You, because you don't watch a lot of sports, clearly. Regular darts. Bowling. Um, what's Greg the, bowling. What's the brushing one that I hate that you guys Curling. Love? Curling. Curling. Curling's amazing. Uh, Curling's but, the only good sport. Is it, though? <laughs> Still waiting for that Broken Lizard movie about the... the four dads who just wind up winning gold at the uh, U.S. Olympics. Oh, they have to do it, right? Cross-country skiing. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say tennis already? Yes. Decathlon. Swimming. The Olympics. <laughs> this is the everything in the Olympics. at the Olympics. Guys, can you imagine being like me and not really caring for most sports and every two years people become really excited about the Olympics? And that's like all they're watching and talking about. It's terrible. Hmm. Shout out to all my fellow sports haters out there. Luge. Illusion. So I, so I take it. I, I take it we're done discussing the color of money. Yeah, I just, mean it's fine. Oh well, no, uh, yeah, I don't have anything else actually. Well, okay, all right then. Let's let's stop this mostly sports just, talk and mostly just nervous. We haven't been going for long enough. Uh, well, speed skating. How's our time doing? Right, like forty minutes. Okay, cut this out, Doug. <laughs> and now let's talk about some fun facts and background info on the color of money. Walking through the streets of Soho in the rain. Looking for the place called Lee Hole Forks. Gonna get a big dish of beef chow mein.
All right, uh, pretty successful movie. Uh, Ten million dollar budget, made fifty two point three in the box office. So you know, not as big of a blockbuster as Top Gun, clearly, yeah. but you know, still good, still good movie. Uh, pretty well received, eighty nine percent critically, uh, seventy three from the public. Solid. You know, that's just a, it's it's weird to see that from a Scorsese film. Uh, I don't think you know what Scorsese <laughs> films are. Uh, anyways, uh, he does run. Uh, we get some running, running after the car and stuff yeah. like that, and uh, stunts. Uh, all of the pool playing. Was him. Thank you for including something that's legitimately a stunt. Although, (laughs) also, I mean, to be fair, like all the all the uh, cue swinging actually could legitimately have hurt him or someone else. I mean, I guess. Uh, Well, one caveat to the uh, to the pool playing, uh, he did all of his own trick shots for the film, except for that one where he had to jump the ball Mm -hmm. and he hit that nine ball in off the seven. Uh, if you watch the movie, it's a pretty, you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a pretty great shot. But they, uh, he actually could have learned that shot, uh, but it would have taken two extra days of practice, which would have held up production and cost thousands of dollars. So they just had a professional do it. Yeah. So he could have done that. I mean, some of the trick shots he did do were pretty great. Right. Like literally every other shot that Vincent did in the film was Tom Cruise. So that's pretty insane. They're not even looking at it. Yeah. Uh, this is also. Uh, Martin Scorsese said this is the only film he has ever directed that came in under schedule and under budget, which kind of makes sense. This doesn't really seem like a movie that needed a ton of money to play or to do. Yeah. You know, not really. You just need, you just need some pool halls. Yeah, there you go. But now, uh, it could all be the same pool hall for all it, we know. It, it could, well, I guess yeah. probably not. That last one was, was like a stadium. It's like an auditorium with a yeah. bunch of pool tables in the center of it. Yeah, right. Now I feel like I feel like we actually saw the actor who played Moselle before. It, yes, thank you for reading ahead. <laughs> uh, the actor who played Moselle, you ruined it. Bruce A. Young is also the same actor who plays the transsexual prostitute in Risky Business. Nice, nice. Uh, I forget her name. Oh, that's actually Vicky. I think Vicky. It maybe. Might have been that. Anyways, that's the same actor. I uh, did not realize that, but you know, mm-hmm. a little crossover there. there. Yeah, uh, and uh, when so so what you're saying is, Color of Money is a sequel to. I mean, if we're going with our, if we're going with our Wait, running so theme, the Color of Money is also <laughs> just taking place in Joel's head. Uh, no, this is after Joel is like out of the. Well, this, this transsexual prostitute reinvents herself and becomes Moselle, the pool hall legend that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joel, who has changed his name to Vincent, goes and beats. Well, he he had to change his name to Vince because uh, he ran that brothel and he had to like he None had to of evade this is the true. police. We're lying to you again. That's pretty much ninety percent like, of what we if, do. If people had known that he had run a brothel out of his own home, he would never have gotten his job at Child World. Oh my God! I forgot about Child World. How did we not talk about? Well, that? we talked about that he he worked at a toy store, but we did not talk no, about right. the name of the toy store, which was Child, Child World. Child World, right next and door to Comic Ping Pong. Folks. Oh my God! And he was so elite. He was an elite salesman. Yeah, he was so into it. He had a shirt with his name on it that just said Vince. I love it. Child it's World. It's great. <laughs> and he wore that shirt through a lot of the movie. Welcome to Child World. I am Vince. Oh, and we're uh, we're actually kind of getting a little bit of a running theme here with Tom Cruise movies in the same way that risky business repopularized Ray-Ban sunglasses and uh, aviator sunglasses with Top Gun. Uh, this movie, along with the hustler when it came out back in the sixties, uh, revitalized sales of pool tables. So uh, yeah, Tom Cruise getting, get sales up for people. Nice. Good, good, good guy, Tom Cruise. Thanks Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, not a ton of super interesting trivia about this. 
mostly just that he did all of his own pool shots. I think that's insane. Yeah, no, there was a he lot. He actually is legitimately the best pool player in the world. I mean, or in New well, Jersey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Suck it, New Jersey. And there go our New Jersey listeners. New Jersey, you'll have to drive through us at some point. <laughs> Wow, that, that is that is a fantastic joke. Did you did you invent that off the top of your head? I uh, know. I think I stole it from maybe Stephen Colbert or something like it that. It could have been that. I honestly think it's in Futurama. Oh, it's in Futurama. <laughs> okay, shit. Fuck. Yeah. That's for all you Futurama heads out there. It's a reference, not a stole a joke. Yeah. Oh, what, what? Cut this out, Doug. There's Leave no it in, Doug. Doug. <laughs> Leave it in, Doug. Anyways, this is also another little little fun thing here. This is the only Martin Scorsese film that Roger Ebert did not like. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was he was one of the eleven percent of critics on Rotten Tomatoes who did not like this movie. It's mm. interesting. So. Roger Ebert has a bad take. Hmm. I mean, well, he's got some bad takes. He's reviewed there. a lot of yeah. movies. Pretty sure he's the only film critic. I that if my just if not my cursory knowledge, the film, there are no <laughs> film critics anymore now that he's dead. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. Oh, rip in peace. <sighs> I hate you so much. Well, anything else, guys? Uh, always treat your babushka with care. I was trying to scroll through this uh, Roger Ebert review of Color of Money <laughs> to find a good joke. It did not work. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of ads going on. Oh yeah, there's a, there's this little thing. Uh, you know, um, that's your dick. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, you know when Tom Cruise uh, names the babushka Doom. Oh, oh my scene? God! Yes, uh, that's actually uh, the uh, the video game Doom. That is where that name came from. Okay, wow. Okay, it, I just I was very excited. Yeah, no, it, it reminded me of the uh, of the meme about. Um, there's this little comic where, uh, where someone asks what someone's gender is, and they give some answer, and they're like, "Okay, but what's in your pants?" And they just run doom. And so that, that was it kind might of, be taken from this movie. Who knows? It might be. It might very well be. Also, speaking of that uh, that doom scene, which was really uh, weirdly homoerotic, uh, <laughs> where he talks about his dick being named Doom, um, I just want to point out. There? I don't. I, I don't know if I'm going to make like a serious case for this, which is why I didn't break it up during the recap. Uh-huh. But much of this movie does feel like it was written as a romance and then like retooled as like a sports, yeah, you know, rise rising star movie, like a so, mentor mentee thing. Yeah. So if you haven't watched this movie and you're going to watch it in the future. Then go ahead and stop this right now. Unsubscribe. Never listen to us again. Uh-huh. And uh, see if it feels like a romance to you when you're watching. If you if you could like combine Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise's girlfriend in the movie, <laughs> whose name I haven't learned, Carmen. Uh, Carmen. Uh, it's one character. Would it all still make sense? I think it would. Well, there's that, but also like yeah, there, there were a bunch of moments where I thought like you know what if if this was like uh, depending on the movie, you could definitely see uh, Paul Newman and Tom Cruise kissing at this point. Yeah, I mean, I actually legitimately. No, I mean, like, it, like, it I don't mean like that as a joke, a bit, but I really do think. Yeah. It actually, kind of surprised me because I felt like earlier in the movie they were writing like a little bit more intimate dialogue between them, and I was like, oh, this is kind of going to mm-hmm. be about their relationship with each other, and I felt like it like wasn't really in the end. But, I mean, it it was. But there there, were their relationship was a way. big part of that. Yeah, it was, but the conflict and the tension, the breakup, you know. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. You could make a romance out of this if you just just tweak a few things here and there. You like Tom's nipples. Yeah. I will. I, Whoa. <laughs> I will say though. Uh, Leave that in, Doug. <laughs> I, will, I will say though that you know we're still pretty early on in Tom Cruise's film career. He's he's gotten pretty lucky with some of the people he's worked with. Mm-hmm. You know, he's worked with Ridley Scott and Francis Ford Coppola. And now he's worked with Martin Scorsese and Sean Paul Penn's Newman, brother, yeah. and Sean Penn. 
Well, Sean Penn's brother, more importantly. I mean, and Chris okay. Kattan. <laughs> yeah. No, he he's never worked with Chris Kattan. <laughs> yeah, remember when he did that dance, that dance-off battle with him on the roof of the exploding building? No, uh, I don't. Oh, that, Is that Eddie Griffith that I'm thinking of instead of Tom Cruise? It might be. Okay. It, that's an understandable mistake to make. Yeah. They look pretty pretty similar. Remember that time that Tom Cruise was like, who's the bitch now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm ending this. That's all we have on The Color of Money. Join us next time when we talk about cocktail. I'm Donovan Bruce. If you like this episode, make sure to rate us five stars on iTunes and check out Cruisenet Pod on Letterboxd for our Tom Cruise movie rankings and other general movie stuff. I'm Andrew Mount. For this and other podcasts that we do, visit our website at gcatsmedia.com. Uh, one more time, that's G as in gravy, catsmedia.com. Um, I used to hate that name, uh, but then I f- saw a picture of like a gravy ladle that's in the shape of a cat. So it corresponds <laughs> to like a real thing in the world now, so I feel like the name makes some kind of sense. So uh, gcatsmedia.com. It's good now. <laughs> And I'm Mason Kuzmich. Please like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle at Cruising It Pod. Yeah, just please, please let me feel like I have friends. And you've been listening to Cruising It. She sells seashells she by sells the seashore. Seashells. Peter Piker, p- p- fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Piker? Peter, Peter, look. You know what's really funny is trying to do tongue twisters when you're really bad at them. Hmm. I had to go to speech therapy in elementary school. That's how much I suck at pronouncing things. I used to, I, I was like Elmer Fudd. Instead of hard R's, I'd say W's. And Frosted Flakes fixed it for me because I would imagine Frosted Flakes. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but leading R's, right? Well, so it would. So like, I could say Frosted Flakes, but I couldn't say like Rabbit. I'd be like Wabbit. But then one day I was like, well, if I can say Gur, you know, like Tony the Tiger, right there, Great. Why can't I say Gur Rabbit? And if I can say Gur Rabbit, why can't I in my head be like Rabbit? <laughs> That's how I fixed it. I talk perfectly now. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickle. <laughs> 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 <laughs>